LSD, what a bizarre week. Tell us about Absolutely it. surreal. Oh, I just... Shit's got really real in a week, hasn't it? We went from, right, if you feel ill, self-isolate, to, like, pubs, clubs. So every pub on your street, every pub on your corner is closed down. Theatres, leisure centres. Cinemas, schools, all colleges, all universities. All of these places for social activity, you're now closed to stop the virus. And cafes and restaurants have closed as well. That has escalated so quickly in one week. For me, the weeks feel longer now because you're putting so much into each day. And then the night time when you get home because you're talking about it, and then you listen to the news and then talking about it. You do get in some sort but of like it, weird it, bubble, don't you? I do. But this has happened in one week. It's happened in seven days, which is... Yeah. And all this has happened in one week. Betty and Stevie of Speak Up Sunderland. Your mission, Your mission should, should you choose to accept it, it, is to make a podcast episode about how the coronavirus is affecting Sunderland. So how do you want me to start it? Dun, 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 what we do with coronavirus is just changing by the day, almost by the hour. I'm also a little drunk, I'm sorry. I'm seeing stuff. I've never, I've never held a breath for so long. Oh, man. Hi, Stevie. Hello, Betty Ball. Hey, I'm all right. I'm lying in bed. The cat's asleep next to us and I'm drinking coffee. Well, I'm sitting in my van, but the sun's out, so the sun's coming through the windscreen. So my face and my torso is nice and warm, but my feet's like blocks of ice. But I'm happy. <laughs> all the cars are on the street and no one's about. Weird. Why are you sitting in the van? And why am I sitting in bed having this conversation? Just say it again. You've got the easy end. Right? You're in a nice warm bed. I'm in a cold van. So how did that it's work? It's not my fault. You can put the heaters on your feet as well, you know. I'm in my van because Ali's just done a 12-hour shift in A&E. And if I talk in the house, the dogs go crazy because they don't like <laughs> they don't like me talking to anybody else if I'm not talking to them. So they just bark all the time. So I've got the short store. I'm sitting outside in my van. In my pyjamas, by the way, which don't match. Ew. So I look like I'm sleeping in my van. Ding dong. <laughs> I think... This episode, it's going to have to have trigger warnings because oh, yeah. things that we're talking yeah. about, people might not want to hear. It's really emotional to hear it from, like you say, the front line because your literal family, you, husband, and mm. your wife, Ali, the nurse, yeah. are literally right at the front. Now, at the moment, the government and everyone else are right behind you, which is phenomenal. And I feel like the oh, yeah. whole of England should be applauded for the fact that we've decided to jump together and fight this together. But what I'm praying is, whenever this is over, that mm. you guys still get the support because you lot are going to need to have so much rest, so much therapy, bringing you back to what I would say a new form of normality. If everyone decides to play the game properly, we can handle it, but if we're going like Italy, 
it's going to get worse. It's it's honestly, I keep saying the same word, but all, all it is, it, it's surreal. I was driving home last night from Hull. We came past uh, no, no, Hartlepool, which is you can't say uh, Hull. It's got to be all. Came back from Hull. Came oh, back from do you know down? Do you know down Hull? The RCS. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! What are you getting in there for? Oh, you got coronavirus? <laughs> yeah, you can have coronavirus. Come here, love. <laughs> uh, come here, I'll lick your face. I'm bumping grinding you, Adam. See nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See again, straight down to Betty's gutter. As I drove past, the, I mean, the biggest hotspot if you come northbound on the A19 is always Hartlepool. My colleague I was with just took a picture, and there wasn't another car in front of me for like another quarter of a mile. It was just bizarre. And then next week, the schools are now obviously closed, so it's literally going to be like a ghost town. Do you know what really hit me, though, last night? When the government issued a list of official key workers and that we were one of them, it really kind of, you know, like when you, you push your chest out because you're so proud, but then I thought, oh, my God, I'm like one of these frontline people now. Like, officially, everybody else is right. You can't work, you can't work, you can't work. Right, we need you. You're a key worker. Come here. I keep jumping from one, one end to the other. I keep going from, it's just work. I'm just getting in my van in the morning. I'm going to do me work and I'm coming home. But it's not anymore. It is. Uh, Are you crying? It's, it's starting to hit. It's a bit like... <laughs> it's, um... Please don't cry. It's, like, really scary. And Stevie is out doing his normal job, which is industrial cleaning. And literally, I could not be more proud of him because he is on the front line. What we thought we'd do is give you an idea what I actually do on a daytime. I'm actually working for a national extreme cleaning company. And as you can imagine, we are absolutely inundated. I'm actually on my way down to Hull. Uh, it's 5.35 a.m., which is depressing. <laughs> Uh, I'm on my way down to Hull to do a precautionary deep clean for coronavirus. Now, that kind of tells you everything, doesn't it? We're doing cleans when people have been uh, contracted coronavirus. It's actually really eerie. Even at this time of the morning, I've been up many times at this time of the morning, and the roads really are like a ghost town. Even when I've been driving around yesterday, I was going through Middlesbrough, through a housing estate, and the amount of cars that were left on drives because people haven't gone to work was, was it's quite frightening. It's quite, it's actually quite like living the life inside a national disaster movie. And that's kind of like, it makes you smile at, at one point, but every day when I'm doing this now, I'm, for a couple of like milliseconds, I'm quite scared, but I'm also really proud that I'm actually on the front line as well and I'm doing something about it. On the plus side, I have been enjoying just recording messages through Facebook and sending the tears. It's been great fun, hence why I was in the bath having a whale of a time. So I've been in the house for two days now and I'm enjoying myself. I normally get no time to sit and chill or like lie in the bath like I am now, baking like a lobster, drinking wine, dehydrating myself. This is marvellous. If you could see me right now, it's a... Uh, I look like... A lobster with a flamingo cap on my head, enjoying life. I think people should remember that you can self-soothe and self-isolate and still have fun. It doesn't necessarily have to be at the end of a bottle of wine or a um, steaming hot bath. And on the plus side, I haven't had to look at Betty's face. Wow. Wow. 
We've got well, to keep it real, man. <laughs> I was like, kind of like drifting in and out of sleep, and then you were just getting more and more drunk, and you sitting in the bath at the same time. It was so surreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is intense. And my scale of coronavirus fighting battling has not um, it's because you then started to get emotional because you were like getting more and more sympathetic about what I was talking about, and I thought, God, she's going to slip under the bloody water, like. <laughs> well, then you say like I need to get out, and then like one of yesterday I was talking, I put my foot on on the path, and it made like a massive fan sound. Positive vibes and well wishes to Ali, everyone who's working in the NHS team, and to you, Stevie, and all of your team, and anybody else that was not a fart, by the way. That was that was my that was my foot on the bath. <laughs> so please, um, yeah, I'm gonna try and get out of the bath without breaking my neck. Bye. Oh dear, <laughs> very well in a bath, drinking red wine. What a ridiculous combination. As we can hear. Because she's getting more and more drunk and she's just talking gibberish. Which is hard to tell because she tends to talk gibberish anyway. Um, I'm uh, fading fast here, so I'm going to sign off. Stay safe, everyone. Don't forget to wash your hands and remember where your family is. Remember where your friends are. And let's get through all this together. I'm going to sleep because I'm wrecked. Nighty night. Well, evening all. Stevie B here. Uh, I'm actually back in the hotel room following the last message I've just left you in Hull. Uh, we're in a hotel room because the job is so big doing this coronavirus clean. The company's paid for us to stay over. We've actually got an extra four people coming down to help us tomorrow because it's a bigger job than we thought. Obviously, can't tell you exactly where we are and what company that we're dealing with, but it's it was a three-day job. We think we'll probably go and get it done a bit quicker because we've got more people coming in tomorrow. You can probably tell how tired I am by my voice. We could be going to London, possibly for a whole week, to do a coronavirus clean in a tower block of eight floors. And it's such a large-scale job. Again, it just... It is quite scary. The more I think about it, it is quite scary. But when I go to a job... We're fully protected. We've got all the personal protective equipment that we need. Every every hour we hear of a new story. We're just cleaning office areas, desks, chairs, touch points, anything that the human hand would touch. So we're trying to clean those points. So we're cleaning office areas, chairs, executive areas, meeting areas. It looks like half of the building, everyone just left everything. We're a local northeast. You know, we're in the northeast, and yet this virus has brought the whole world together in such a wrong way. It is relentless. We've just heard some figures today about how Italy has taken an extra 427 deaths today. That's staggering. Stevie, I have to admit, that's that's really intense. And as a friend, I'm a bit worried because I care for you and you've got a wife and children and a life and you are literally putting yourself in the thick of it as such so what does Ali think of this what is what does your kids think of this because I know Ali's a nurse as well so she's at the front line too so this is quite intense for you both really so how are you coping with this honest answer I she's ahead of me she's trying to mend people who's got this shocking virus I'm trying to prevent it 
<laughs> which is odd. Brilliant. She absolutely loves, she adores her job. She loves the fact that she's A&E and she, she's trying to help people. She's just a helper. Every time I do a job like this, it's the second time I've been back to this company, so I know the company backwards. And I'm very proud to work for this company. Um, I'm even more proud that people put trust in what we do. Uh, we we got a huge thanks from them today because they've watched what we do. They've watched how professional we are. They've watched how much we care. I mean, we're taking massively calculated risks. We're wearing all the right protective equipment, the breathing apparatus and so on. So we're not at risk. People around me, uh, I think my family think I'm nuts. <laughs> they can't believe I'm doing what I'm doing. Like 10 years ago, they said I would never do something like this. I wouldn't even clean a toilet at home, which is ridiculous. I'll give you some light-hearted side of, <laughs> of what we're doing. We asked the company if they would pay for a hotel for us to stay over because there's a hotel literally down the road so we can work longer and get an earlier start and get more done, which, again, the customers were really happy about. But he's a really funny story. <laughs> it's a bit of a man's story, though. Obviously, we didn't plan to stay in a hotel, so none of us were prepared for it. <laughs> didn't have any underwear with him. So we've been taking the mickey because he wasn't prepared. So we says, ah, you're going to be stinking tomorrow. Oh, I'm not working with you. He's just got to like Poundland or a, a pound store to buy some. And he said they like see-through. <laughs> he said they're horrible. He says, I'm sure if I bend over, they're just going to rip. Oh, no. That's disgusting. I've got mental images that I just don't want to know. Uh, uh. Right, this is what blokes do, right? So I apologise if anyone's listening, if, if they don't like this, but this is how a bloke my, uh, mind think. You can say, well, do I just crack on and just put them on again and just do day two in them? Uh. Option two, do you turn them round so the front becomes the back and the back becomes the front? Uh. <laughs> which which was an option. Option three, do you go to the nearest shop, which was Pound Stretcher, and wear a pair of wet underwear that feels like a pack of crisps? Why don't you just turn it inside out? Well, well, well. What difference does that make? At least the side that you've got your 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 wedding tackle on is going to be clean. You still have the like everything else there. It's just the other way around. No, like, you turn it inside well out. So, 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 I, so I have to put mine in my so your twig and berries are still in the still in the sack, supported, and your and your chocolate starfish are still perfectly supported too. Oh, how very poetic! Oh, you paint <laughs> a pretty picture, very, don't you? It's true though. <laughs> Well, I actually took option four, which was wash them in the sink with all I had, which was their own shower gel and soap, and scrubbed them and scrubbed them. And then I, t- <laughs> I got either on the window, because I was on the second floor, but I know for a fact, knowing my look, I would have get up in the morning and they would have blew off way down the road. I found a hairdryer in the drawers and I stood for 15 minutes, blow drying the underwear. <laughs> blow drying your ball bags. was cleaner <laughs> and more hygienic, but they felt like a pack of crisps the next morning, so I, I you know, there was one other option. What? You could have went commando. Oh, God, no. No, that's not an option. We wear, like, really thick, rough, like, commando pants with, like, loads of pockets and that in. Well, we're speaking of, like, things that have happened due to the virus in people's jobs. My other half works in a business, and he works in a tower block, like what you're saying, really. And he's been sent away from home, so he's sent his work laptop, some of the screens and whatever. But in his setup. His boss can still see all of the screens of his employees. And my other half completely forgot about this and decided to watch porn between inquiries that he was working with. 
So the next day, he gets an email from his boss saying, Dear such and such, just to let you know that we are well aware that you have been watching porn between inquiries. Just to let you know, on the top screen, on the left, on the down bar, there is a blank screen option for this. So we cannot see what you are doing. So you can enjoy yourself in private. Many thanks, such and such. Now that is just beyond. <laughs> so when I got told this this morning by DM, I spat my coffee out and... I didn't know whether to like laugh in hysterics or go, what are you doing? How do you still have a job? So there you go. So in the end, then that was fake, wasn't it? Yes, it was fake. He was pulling my leg like hell. I genuinely like didn't realise, you know, when you're just like, hmm, it could be. I don't know. But then I realised on the email, they spelled his name wrong. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, hmm. which was, which and then he which sent was us your the first concern. You tell me no. the spelling mistake was your first concern, really? Yeah, if I'm brutally honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sent us a full screenshot and went, ha ha. I was like, oh my God. But to be fair, it wouldn't bother us if he was. But at the same time, you shouldn't be doing it on work time. But I know his parents are going to be listening to this podcast. So we really, really need so to either like... Either way, you've shocked him anyway, yeah, so he's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So can we just like DL that, please? <laughs> I kind of want to stay in the family. <laughs> But to be fair, being at home for this long, I have done so much housework, so much like my right hand is shiny with the amount of bleach I've used on my bathroom. To be fair, it was an absolute clip. But it's not anymore now. You can see your face in the toilet. But it's it's been fun to just kind of like get on top of the the jobs that you would normally do on a weekend and like you could do it with a bit more time and a bit more leisure, which is lovely. I've watched so many episodes of Don't Tell the Bride, it's unbelievable. And I'm nowhere near getting married, but I like I text my other half about twelve thousand times saying like, Oh my god, if you ever did this to me, like have a Game of Thrones wedding or like a Day of the Dead wedding, I'd actually drop kick you. It's not even funny. So it's nice to have a bit of you time, but I don't know how much the novelty's gonna wear off as such because like you can be your own worst enemy at the same time. So you do deep industrial cleaning, Stevie. Is there any like tips, tricks or advice that you could give to people who are like intensively cleaning the houses that they might be missing? Any sort of like home remedies, any spots in the in the house that you probably wouldn't think about cleaning, but actually could be quite vital to stop spreading the virus? <laughs> Get your marigolds out. Uh, I've got so many different kinds of gloves in my van, it's crazy. Um, it's like I could set up a shop. Do you know what it is? There isn't any advice I can give that you shouldn't really have heard already, but unfortunately, people are ignoring it. Yes, use sanitizer. You, the tip number one is the biggest and best by far. Keep washing your hands. If you want to moisturize them because you don't want it to be dry, fine. Wash your hands as often as you can. Avoid any kind of human contact, as in skin to skin. Don't shake hands with people anymore. Give yourself a metre, space. These are all the advice that you've been given from the government. And it's all right, but people seem to think because it's coming from the government, it's not the right advice. I washed my hands so much today. I actually bleached the bathroom and one of my hands came out so shiny. There's no coronavirus in my bathroom. You can see your face in the toilet seat. It's amazing. You know me, buddy. I'm one of these people who always thinks everyone's got goodness in them somewhere. Sometimes you've just got to drag it out or you've just got to tap a button. What has surprised us is how quick it's happened how quick people have actually become this way because they've realised, you know, the only way you're going to get through it is with support, like an extended mm -hmm, family. From others. And the extended family isn't just your family, it's your, your neighbours and 
the people you haven't spoken to in six months and whatever. A hundred percent. I always had faith in, you know, the British stiff upper lip thing and what happened through the wars is still deep within everybody else's family. We all pulled together. I've already seen this this week for a couple of things. One happened to Ali and one actually happened to me. So the, this massive customer that we were dealing with in Hull. No, you, have, you um, said Hull wrong. Actually, Hull. In Hull. In Hull. In Hull. I'll have to be moved to your words together. This customer in Hull. This customer in Hull. <laughs> we were talking about, right, this is how we do our day. This is, we'll probably have a break here. This is if we get too hot because we're in white suits, we might, we might stop longer. We're going to have lunch then. Straight away, the butter in this is, whoop, whoop, whoop. Forget about lunch, right? We are going out. We're actually bringing our chef in who's off today to cook your lunch for you. Oh, lunch? <laughs> like, what did he so make? So they came him? in and they made homemade steak and ale pies for us and oh. chips and all sorts. Oh, delightful. And they did it again the second day. It was just, you know, and it's like we're all suffering. Every, every household, without any exception, we're all suffering in a different way. But the first thing I'm noticing with everybody now, everyone's bothered about somebody else. Everyone's bothered about your neighbour or your, your family or your mate that you haven't spoken to in ages. Yeah. And another good story that's happened to Ali. She's asleep so she outside, the... hence why you're in the van. <laughs> <laughs> so I am sitting in the van outside the house because she's, she's just gone to bed. She brought us in this wrapped up piece of pizza because she knows she knows I like pizza or it's called or put it in the microwave because mm-hmm. um, I'm just weird. I says, where are you getting that from? I says, you work in A&E, man. I says, there's somebody made pizza, don't you? No, she says, Domino's actually deliver it to A&E and they don't charge. They actually do it for free. That was apparently yesterday. All these, apparently you can get free tea and coffee if you've got a nurse's pass in any Greg's now. Greg's. Uh, Pret de Manger and you're getting Greg's. most places they're going McDonald's. to now get 75% off as well. It's, yeah. Look how quick this has happened, though. Look how quick the goodness of the human race. Look how quick this has happened. What, what I find sad is when all this is over, because it will be, this virus will go away. Everyone, sadly, will go back to the selfish ways. They'll go back to the normal. Do you honestly think they will? They will, because everyone will go back to the rat race, won't they? But I think people will remember. We already, as I've been talking, me neighbours just pulled up, which is weird, as I've never spoken to her because I've not long been in this in the street. But yeah. we knocked on our door a few days ago and said, look, sorry, we haven't, we've spoken to her, but we've not really had a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we just says, um, look, don't forget, we're just literally over the road for you. Are you self-isolating? She says, son, I've been self-isolating since I lost my husband four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> she's a pro at this. I'm good. <laughs> so she, she says, I don't know what you're all flapping about. She said, yes. She says, look, if you can help us in any way, just keep, all you need to do is just keep knocking on my door. And she was over mm-hmm. the moon. And she's just waved at us now. She's never waved at us for ages. And, but we, I've made that contact. We knocked on that door. We I hope you cleaned your hands afterwards. We were talking through our conservatory. <laughs> I think that the world, yes, will remember, but I think it might slightly adapt because we've all been through this together. Hmm. I feel like we're going to come out stronger, but we're not going to be the same as what we were before because before it was normal and now everyone wants normal. You know that saying, there's nothing really the matter with so. normal. There's no mm-hmm. such thing as normal anymore. It's going to be a new type of normal. I think now it's going to be odd because I think we're going to get used to doing things from home we're going to get used yeah. to it because obviously it's, it's going to become a habit so when we'll go out and we'll start talking to people i think we'll appreciate the fact that we can go and physically talk to somebody we'll appreciate oh, it and hopefully because before this pandemic happened we all used to say oh god you wouldn't talk to us to me face but you'll talk to us on social media you know everything about us on social media but when you see us walk across yeah. the street you wouldn't talk to us now we do not have that luxury. It, it hasn't surprised me that people's done this. I always thought it was in everybody. There was something on the news this week in Seaham, 
in County Durham, there was a pharmacy down there because he's a biochemist. He, he understands all the chemical equations and everything else. He tried to make his own hand sanitizer, like gel, got all the official people to check it. And he's now making his own, putting his own label on it. And he's only selling it for uh, like a pound or something for people uh, who's not customers. And all his clients, he's actually given them free who comes in for consultations for anything else. I mean, that's just brilliant. It's a fantastic story. But you know what it is? I bet that pound's going straight back into buying the like, ingredients yeah. to make the hand yeah. sanitizer to keep going. And then it's they, just they, so... They're not bothered about making money whatsoever. It's just so bizarre. I mean, now I'm very pleased that the shops are making elderly hours so elderly people can yeah. come in first and get what they want because my mum told me a horrific story the other day. She found out from a hairdresser um, that one of her customers was in, I think it was Aldi a little, and there was an old gentleman that was just in there. He had some toilet roll, some ham, some jam and some cheese and he wanted some bread so he could make sandwiches lasting for the next couple of weeks, which to us is not enough, but for him that's what he would survive on and there was one loaf of bread left and he was apparently a littler guy and he went to go and reach for it and some lady took it before he could and the lady looked at him and apparently she said you need this don't you and he said yes i do need this to survive i'm literally having ham cheese and jam sandwiches this is all all that i can live off right now and apparently the lady looked at him and then she went, oh, you do really need this, and gave it to the old man. But what the old man didn't know, that somebody behind him took his toilet roll out of his basket. Oh, you kidding me. Yeah, I'd kind of heard some stories like that this week as well. It's just disgusting. I mean, like, look at that split. That is a total split of the world. Somebody realised that somebody's need was greater than the other and did the right thing, while somebody was exploiting somebody who was doing the right thing and was only trying to survive. Can I just say on that point, Ryan, because it's really important. I've said it all week to like every other person I've spoken to when they're talking about panic buying. No manufacturer of any product is running low of stocks when they're making them. So there is no panic. There is no reason. We're never going to run out of toilet rolls. Don't be a greedy bugger. There's enough bog roll in, in milk and pasta for everyone. Please don't panic buy. Life is worth more than a bit of bog roll. Betty, how are you? feeling like physically in yourself if i'm honest i'm scared in one way because i'm the fear of the unknown and i don't like negativity and i don't like not being in control and at the same time i feel like everyone should try and help and save and prevent this from getting any bigger but then at the same time because we physically can't see each other it just means and we have more time to ourselves we can kind of learn something new and do something different it just depends on where you are in life. Like for me, my life's kind of stopped. My new job stopped. Lost two holidays. I'm now very restricted in when I can see my partner because obviously he lives in Scotland and I live here. And obviously I've got an older grandpa who lives a couple of doors away from me and he's had to self-isolate because he's older and he's just had problems in hospital. My dad's has had problems in hospital. My mum's lungs aren't very good. It's all quite a lot. I'm just taking it day by day. And that's the thing. You, There's nothing the matter with any, taking day by day. You feel you've got enough support and enough people around you, though, to, to help you through that, though? Yeah, my kid. Like, obviously, I've got an older brother who is spot on. He also lives, like, 12 doors up the street. So I'm quite lucky. I've got family in a straight line, if you know what I mean. I managed to get in touch with my son last night because he's, he's worried sick. My son's autistic, so how he sees life, it's inflated mm-hmm. or exaggerated or whatever. So Hi, Josh. He's now, the, <laughs> the first thing he said was, 
I says, hey, son, how are you doing? He says, oh, Dad, I'm worried. Oh, bless <laughs> I says, what's him. wrong? I says, what's wrong? He, oh. he says, Dad, are you all right? I says, yeah, yeah. I says, Ali, all right, yeah? And he was worried about everybody, so I just put his mind at rest. I says, look, I says, your age group, I says, you're very, very, very low risk. I says, but as you're healthy, keep an eye on your mum and everybody else around you and, you know, help them as much as you can. But then before I'd spoke to him, I'd spoke to his mum and she said he was panicking and, he, and he's, <laughs> he's been trying to make himself a home. He's trying to make himself a mask that he's seen people wear on the streets. Oh. You know, like there. So I says, look, son, don't worry. I've got some in the van that we wear all the time. Are they safe, Dad? So he's only like 15, but obviously his age, with them being autistic, he's like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then he said, can you put one in for my sister as well? Oh. Oh, my God. So he's like, <laughs> so I'm going to do that this morning. I'm going to jump in my car and, and find a box um, just to put the, these two dust masks. They're actually called dust masks. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send some of them. So, Betty, I was just thinking, well, next week, we've got a programme of work that we're doing, but that can literally change hour by hour. But what are you doing next week? Because surely your life must have just turned upside down. Well, I'm not lifeguarding anymore, because obviously Boris Johnson shut all of the leisure centres and all of, like, those sort of environments of socialisation and activities. So, what they've done with me is, I now work during the week from 9 or 5 at a community centre, which they've shut to the public, but not to us, not to the council staff, because I work for the local council. And what we are doing is, I'm pretty much playing nanny to all of the NHS staff's children, or people who cannot afford to feed their children at this time of crisis. They're sending them to us, where we are entertaining them, helping them doing their homework, learning, playing, feeding, you know, like, I'm just literally turning into a Geordie Mary Poppins. You're like Nanny McPhee then, really, aren't you? Oh, shut up, your face. I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> I'm practically perfect in every way. Bottom. I know, but, but like, <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Nanny McPhee, like, starts off, like, ugly, doesn't she? And then she gets pretty. You're making this worse. I am actually, am I? <laughs> so, Betty, are you looking forward to doing this then? I don't know. Ask us at the end. It's one thing looking after like hundreds of people in the water. I've been trained for that since I was like 16. So, it's coming on nearly 12 years now, 12, 13 years. So, then to be physically hiding to just like children unsupervised without the parents in a pandemic state of the world yes because i'm up for the challenge but no because this will definitely tell me if i want children or not (laughs) (laughs) so 27 lifeguards from all ages all backgrounds versus like i don't know 90 kids maybe 100 depending on how many children are there because there's obviously kids that have both parents are there with more than one sibling and then there's going to be kids that can't afford to have meals at home. So there's going to be those children with their siblings. And it just depends how many schools are in contact with the council to send them to us, if you know what I mean. I mean, you're, you're helping people like beyond belief because you're giving them a vital lifeline. Because these people are really stuck with the kids because the schools have closed. You're giving them like a huge lifeline, aren't you? To be fair, I'm helping people like you and Ali, because without you and Ali, the world wouldn't be fighting against this virus, but 
you also have a family, you also have priorities, and right now you have to put them aside. And so you're trusting me with the most precious thing that you guys own, like mm. what the key workers of the NHS and the emergency services have to me. So if you look at it like mm. that, it is pretty important. It's also pretty special. You're, you're <laughs> an important part of the chain. So you're actually part of our chain. Obviously, you're not as important as me. You know, <laughs> I would actually agree for the first time, yes. <laughs> oh, and is this recorded? Excellent. <laughs> No, but yeah, this is how everybody is. I don't find any resistance anywhere. Nobody is saying no to anything. It's like, can you do this? Yeah, okay, no bother. How do I do it? Right, I'll do it. There's no resistance anywhere. I'm telling you now, the first day I'm going to come back and it could look like I've been attacked by a pack of wild animals. But I have crayons and sand in places sand should never be. I will be absolutely mortified. Once this is over, I'm immediately going to go to a betting shop, if they're open, and lay a bet to get a million to one that you will never have kids. To be fair, have you thought about it? If everyone puts in self-isolation together, everyone's going to get randy as hell. Next thing you know, it's going to be a baby boom. I'm sure we'll probably have way there by now anyway. Yeah. This episode's been a proper eye-opener for me, like Stevie. You really have put yourself out there, and so has your wife, and I thank you. If anybody else is feeling a bit emotional please do get in contact that's what we're here for and we can help thank you very much for listening what i would say is don't panic it's easy to say we're like sheep we'll just follow everybody else don't panic don't panic buy there is stockpiles of everything that we need and follow the guidelines the very very simple guidelines keep using your sanitizer more importantly number one wash your hands and wash your hands more often and wash the way that they're telling you to do the thorough way that you do in between your fingers and your thumbs and so on wash your hands and sing happy birthday two verses of happy birthday plus one it's the right way to do it and two it's fun it's a cake it's a cake yeah you said wash it a happy birthday it's normally cake at the end bye humans stay safe i'm gonna get you a birthday cake with moisturizer in it ew (laughs) you're trying to kill me right i'm off to the post office bye Bye-bye. We love you. Stay safe. So me and Steve have had a good chinwag and it is a podcast that me and Stevie host. But at the end of the day, it's actually about you. So I want to know what you're doing, what you're thinking about this coronavirus. Because at the end of the day, if we can help or somebody who's listening might be able to help, it could be something dead little, could be something dead big. It could literally just be, I'm absolutely terrified. Or, shit, I ran out of bog roll. There's nothing the matter with just expressing how you feel. So we are Speak of Sunland. We're a platform for people in Sunland, talking about Sunland. So if you've got anything that you want to say or you want to share with us, please share it with us. It's what we're here for. So how have you been affected by this coronavirus? Has your business been affected? How are you coping with staying at home? If there's anything you'd like to send us, Direct messages on Facebook, send us an audio, we can take it from there. We are your Sunland podcast, so send us your voice messages so we can let everyone hear. Because let's be honest, we know you're all at home, so let's get this out, let's all chat together and let's, if you've got a message or you've got something you want to say that's involving people in Sunland, let us know. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Speak Up Sunderland podcast. Speak Up Sunderland was hosted by Betty Ball and Stevie B., and produced by me, Jay Sykes. Our theme tune was created by Timecrawler82, and our new logo and branding is by Georges Vinicio. 
To find out more information about the podcast, our other episodes, how you could help support us, or how we could help support you, head to speakupsunderland.com. And as we are living in such strange, uncertain times at the moment, we very much do want to hear from you if you have anything to share. As Betty and Stevie said earlier, we'll be using voice clips that people send us in upcoming episodes. So to do that, search for Speak Up Sunderland on Facebook and send us a private voice message. I'm not originally from Sunderland, as you can probably tell by my voice, but I have grown to love this city. This podcast is proudly produced in Sunderland for Sunderland. Sunderland.